0: podcast for the big storylines results and controversies from the tennis world today is Tuesday February 6th it's just going to be one of those weeks in the pro tennis world we have five yes five tour level events on the calendar a WTA 500 in Abu Dhabi that of course features 10 top 25 players two of whom have already been eliminated from the draw we have three tour level events on the men's side, dispersed across Marseille, Dallas, and Cordoba, we've got another WTA 250, of course, includes Napoca, a WTA 125K event, three ATP Challenger events, and then of course, in the collegiate world, we've got the Division I Women's National Indoor Championships kicking off this weekend. We, here at Crack Rackets, will actually have coverage of that event from First Ball to Last on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. It kicks off first. Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern. It is always one of my favorite weekends we have on our Cracked Rackets calendar. The 16 best teams in the country, all descending upon one location, all looking to be crowned national indoor champion. It's our first weekend to gather significant data as college tennis followers, as college tennis fans. And even if you as a listener are not a college tennis fan right now, I do implore you, check out our coverage at some point during the weekend. We'll have matches going all day Friday, all day Saturday, most of the day Sunday, and then, of course, the championship match on Monday. I know how much work our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, has put into preparing this broadcast. I promise you are all going to enjoy how it looks, how it sounds, and more than anything, you're going to enjoy the passion the enthusiasm, the energy, and certainly the level of tennis we see on display in Seattle. So again, busy week in the pro tennis world, busy weekend in the college tennis world as well. Division I Women's National Indoor Championships coverage begins Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific time on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel and continues Saturday, Sunday, and through Championship Monday as well. Of course, that event is going to be previewed at length over on the Great Shot Pod podcast feed. So if you are indeed intrigued or you would like to learn more, be sure to go check out that show and make sure you're subscribed to that podcast. A lot of cool content coming on that feed. I want to make sure you all don't miss out on any of it. And of course, I always appreciate when the subscription numbers are boosted so we can go sell them to sponsors to continue to grow our team, continue to grow the amount of things we are able to do. Anyways, again, that event going to be focused on over on that feed here on today's show. I want to set the scene on what again, in what again, excuse me, is a very busy week in the pro tennis world. We'll talk through the biggest storylines at all five of our tour level events, run a little bit more quickly through our 125K and ATP Challenger level events. But after today's show, at the very least, you will know what to look for when you go and check the scores each and every morning, or perhaps you will know what to go back and watch the highlights from if that is how you choose to consume this week in the pro tennis world. Quick production note. I had promised that today I would talk through who my top eight players are in the pro tennis world at this very moment. This is is a guarantee. That's going to be the lead on tomorrow's podcast. The reason it's getting pushed to then is because I am traveling to Seattle very early tomorrow morning, still have some things I need to pack to prepare. And thus, I will not be able to provide the adequate sort of depth I would like in detailing that sort of segment for all of you listeners. That said, I have all day in Seattle as my responsibilities don't begin until Thursday. So tomorrow we will clean all of that up on the content side. I will officially offer who I think the top eight players in the world are coming out of the first month of play, of course. If you are looking forward to that podcast or you are a new listener here and you're wondering, wow, how do I make sure I don't miss that? Just hit the subscribe button to the mini break podcast feed, wherever it is you listen to this show. Of course, we always appreciate when you go and leave a five star rating when you go and leave a review in the comments as well so we can get feedback on what it is you listeners would like to hear more of moving forward. Of course, a massive shout out to all of you for continuing to tune in day in, day out. A thank you as well to the support we get from our friends at Tennis Point Tennis. Dashpoint.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. All right, let's set the scene for what is a busy week. One of those weeks, as I alluded to in the pro tennis world, five tour-level events on the calendar. Let's start with the highest level amongst them, the 500-level event on the women's side in Abu Dhabi. Again, 10 top 25 players in action, two of them already eliminated. I thought the higher-quality match was a three-set victory for Serana Kirstea over Caroline Garcia. This was, dare I say, a must-win for Serana Curstea. She snaps a six-match losing streak. And keep in mind, cristea has got massive points coming off of her resume. She was a quarter finalist at Indian Wells, semi-finalist in Miami last year. As such, she sells a one month window to make a career high in the rankings push. She's sitting at 23 right now. It's unlikely she ends the week at a new career high inside the top 20. She'd have to win the event to do so. But one more win. She's at number 22 in the rankings. She's got dare I say, a winnable match against third-seeded Maria Sacri really depends which Sacri we see show up. Do we get the Sacri from United Cup, the Sacri from Guadalajara, or do we get the Sacri from the Avanesian match in round two of the Australian Open? But again, Cristia fights off seven of eight break points that she faced. I mean, Garcia was only broken three times. She won over, I think it was 76% of her first serve points, Curse was just athletic enough, fit enough to absorb the first blow, strong enough to dictate with her first stroke, get Garcia stretched in the outer third with pace. And again, Garcia at times can be a little bit one-dimensional. Now that one dimension can be exceptional, but... Look, Kirsteia is a top 25 player right now for a reason. When she is fit, when she is focused, when she is landing the first strike, she's a tough out, and that's a really good win for Kirsteia. She's 2-1 and one for what it's worth in the career head-to-head against Sakari. Sakari, a 64.6% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. But Kirsteia knocking out one of our two top 25 players. The other knocked out ninth-seeded Veronica Matova. A fantastic win for qualifier Heather Watson, the 31-year-old, still outside the top 125. But 3-5 and five over Kudermatova. Kudermatova now outside the top 15. I mean, she's always, it feels like, has a quarterfinal to defend every week of the season. But, again, just hasn't been the best start to her 2024 campaign. You look for Kudermatova thus far. Losses to Potopova, Alexandrova, Gulabic, and Watson so far here to kick off 2024. Has to find the rhythm on serve. It just has been off to start her year. Those were the only two top 25 players upset. But again, you look at the quality of this draw. Australian Open darling, 19-year-old Linda Noskova, she had to qualify into this event. She's knocked out round one by lucky loser Sarah Ceribes Tormo. Sarivas Tormo, 6'3", in the third, knocking out Noskova. She's just the thorn in the side. Such a tough out physically. I had so much fun watching her compete in person in Cleveland last year. She just slices you to death, sneaky quick, and then... Very comfortable moving forward as well. Don't uh, slight her abilities. Again, speaks to why she's had double success perhaps in her career. You know, outside of that, again, headliners from the first round before we set up the round of 16 because there are a bunch of good matches. Shout out Emma Radhakanu. I was continue and I've beat this drum if you are a listener new in here in 2024. You know how impressed I've been by Radhakanu to start her season. Has she had a breakout result yet? No, she hasn't. You know, one victory in the three events that she's played thus far, a win in Auckland before three set loss to Svitolina, a win in Australia before three set loss to Wan Young-Fan, uh, now a win here over Boschkova, four and one. She was down 4-2 in that opening set. And then Boschkova pretty much wasn't able to hold the rest of the way. In fact, Boschkova was able to hold the opening games in each set and... No holds the rest of the way for Raducanu, who is just the aggressor and who is now fit in a way she just hasn't really been due to injuries probably since the 2021 U.S. Open. And the ball striking's never been in question. It's, again, how fit, how healthy is Raducanu. And right now she is. She's playing top 50 tennis. This was an excellent win. Now, obviously, ranking wise, just given she hasn't played that much, she's got a long way to go to get back to her career high of number 10, let alone the top 50 of the W ranking she's 259 right now but level wise eye test wise she's playing top 50 tennis and again it's just encouraging to have someone who's already a major champion who certainly could ascend to stardom if she hasn't already within this sport or could be a continuing star with success um the, the tennis world is better when emirata khanu is healthy and she's got a blockbuster matchup taking on anja burr in the round of 16 good win for her four and one over bojkova Last headline from round number one, although certainly, obviously, 19-year-old Ashlyn Krueger, one of six teenagers in the top 100, she gets a round one win after qualifying in. She knocks out Bernarda Pera, fellow qualifier. You know, again, there were some other solid results in there, but the last headliner, the first set between Danielle Collins and Naomi Osaka, was a really high level of tennis. Osaka went away after that and ultimately qualifier Danielle Collins, another qualifier who confirmed, by the way, the Australian Open finalist is playing her final season on the WTA Tour. She will retire after this year. 5-0 victory for her over Naomi Osaka. When Osaka's in rhythm, when Osaka's landing the first serve, when the ball is in front of her, the weapons are still there. The movement, the reaction, you know, again, her ability to – improvise, which was never its best, even at her best, but... It is still coming back to her. The reflexes, the reaction time, those are the things that will just take some time, will need to be practiced, dare I say, for Osaka as she continues to work her way back into form. But uh, again, credit to Danielle Collins. She got Osaka stretched into the outer thirds with enough frequency, despite facing down the weapons in particular of Osaka in set number one. Five-in-love win for Danielle Collins. She is through to the round of 16, which again... It's an exciting group. Top seed Elena Rabakina taking on Danielle Collins. We just saw Collins have a massive third set lead and uh, obviously was on the brink of knocking out Shviontek in Australia. Could she do that to Rabakina again in Abu Dhabi? Let's find out. I already mentioned second seeded on Jabir taking out Radakanu. Obviously, Jabir knocked out round two by Mira Andriva in Australia. Those were, you know, we saw her play two matches in Australia. That's all we've seen from her. Radakanu is a tough test as she continues to work her way into 2024 form. You know, Beatrice Haddad Maya versus Lynette. I'll watch that. The contrast of the power of Ashlyn Krueger versus the physicality, creativity of Kina, That's a fantastic contrast. Four-seeded Barbara Krachikova. She's got serious points to defend coming up. She obviously... Uh, wins of an event. I forget which one in the Middle East last year. She'll take on uh, Sarah Sarivas Tormo. That's a fun contrast of styles. There's a lot of top players in action. A lot of storylines to monitor in Abu Dhabi. Again, how does Rabakana after she looked so good week one do we see that level from Rubakina again here in Abu Dhabi? Well-rested, obviously, after the early exit in Australia. She's the favorite right now, according to Tennis Abstract, 32%. Accor- uh, after that, Anjabur, 13.5%. Uh, Barbara Krejcikova, 11.1%. Maria Sakkari 9.2%. Kasikina, 8.9%. So it's really Rubakina, and then a pretty tight field after that. That checks out with me. I'd Probably go a Rabakina... If Sakari beats Kirstea, is getting to the final. If not... Give me a Rabakina Hadad Maya final. I do think Rabakina takes the title, though, in Abu Dhabi. Keep an eye on Samsonova. She looked really good in a round one victory over Lucia Saranko 0-1-1. Just had that overwhelming power. Everything was in rhythm, as it is when she is at her best. She gets a win, advancing to the round of 16. Your other WTA event this week at the tour level, the 250 happening in cluj Napoca. Let's set up that for you listeners. Now your top seed, Aronxa uh, will Not Knocks out Hrit Minen in her round one match, uh, five and one. She advances to the round of 16, a date with qualifier Alize Cornet, uh, Second seeded Tatiana Maria, five and three win over Baoju Chuan. Uh, she advances to a round of 16, date with Karolina Pliskova. Pliskova playing the 250 in Napoka and not the 500 in Abu Dhabi. Speaks to the fact that right now, the 31-year-old is 81 in the world. She needs to go find wins. She'll take her 4-6 and six round one win over qualifier Sinja Kraus, certainly. And, you know, again, uh, yeah, Tatiana Maria, straight set winner. Uh, that uh, Tatiana Maria versus Pliskova, that's a really fun contrast of styles, except they're not the ones going head-to-head. Pliskova, of course— Good reading, Alex. We'll take on Kami Osorio, who knocked out the seven-seeded Victoria Tomova in round one. Still, that's equally a fun contrast. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how Osorio's speed matches up with, again, the firepower, the aggression of Pliskova. You look at the other seed knocked out in round number one. It was ninth seeded Nadia Podoroska. She's knocked out by Clara Tawson. Good for Tawson. Obviously knocked out in a heartbreaker. 7-6 in the third. Early round two in Linz by the eventual champion Ostapenko. She comes here. Three and one win over Podoroska. Again, Tawson is a dangerous unseeded floater in this Napoka draw. In fact... She might be my pick to win it, certainly. Of course, you look according to Tennis Abstract, they're still going to re- respect the Karolina Pliskova track record. She's at 20.3%. After that, they go toss in 148 Sevastova making her return. She got a round one win. She's at 11.5%. After that, the field's pretty crowded yeah, that that's fascinating. Again, still a couple of first-round matches to go. Katie McNally versus Sarah Arani. Cochiretto versus Emiliana Arango. But top-seeded Aranxarus, uh, second-seeded, again, uh, Tatiana Maria, each advancing and certainly tossing, for me, the storyline. I think it's when, not if. The 21-year-old returns to the top 50. Pliskova. Can she get back and make another top 50 push? I think that's a storyline you have to watch for. in includes Napoka. And then I'll throw a floater on Katie McNally. If she can get through Iranian round number one, her weapons, indoor hard court, why not? By the way, speaking of uh, Americans with... Big weapons. Alicia Parks knocked out round one uh, of this event. She lost qualifying in Linz last week as well. Uh, obviously, with the Leon points coming off of her resume, Alicia Parks right now sitting at 111 in the rankings. So tough first round loss for her. Obviously, these hard courts, her best surface, important for her to get some big wins here under her belt early in the season. That said, that's your 250 action in Cluj-Napoca. Let's head over to the 250 action now in the men's side. I would say the most mainstream names in any of these draw, dare I say, certainly belongs to the draw in France in Marseille, top seed hoopie horkots, uh, the Highest-ranked player in the draw, but you look at other top 25ers you have, or we'll go top 27 ers, just to boost the numbers, you've got uh, seven of them overall in the draw. Top seed, Hubi Hercats, along with Grigor Dimitrov, Karen Hachinov, Ugo Umber, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, Lorenzo Musetti, and then Felix Auger-Aliassime. In terms of top seeds, we've seen in action thus far. We've seen a couple of them. Uh, I thought... Lorenzo Musetti was particularly impressive against Max Martyr in his first round win. Musetti 6-4, 6-2 over the big hitting lefty, German. You know, a lefty who plays with heavy tops, been paced into that one handed backhand. In theory, that's a problem for Musetti, right? It wasn't in this match. And he is as athletic, as fluid as any player we have as a mover in the men's game right now. Belongs in that tier of the conversation can do a lot of different things. So skilled, the slice so proficient. He comes over the top of the one-hander as well. Hits the inside out with such power. And again, the speed underlays everything else he does with his skill set that's a great win for Musetti. Uh, great win for Thomas Mahak who continues his slow ascent up the ranking. Mahak now currently sitting at his career high 64 in the live rankings the 23-year-old straight set 5-4 victory over Andy Murray another instance where Andy Murray just couldn't really hurt Mahak. Wasn't able to hurt Atcheverry just again these guys are too fit Too sound technically, make too many balls. Murray wasn't able to wear them down, and ultimately they were able to find the cracks, the crevices. Mahaka in this instance able to find his forehand line with enough success to get Murray stretched, force him to hit the slice on that backhand wing, which obviously he wouldn't have been doing 10 years ago. Uh... I was really impressed by the level of Mahak. He advances to the round of 16 again, continues his ascent. Your other seeded winners, Lahetchka, three sets over Goffin, Davidovich, Fokina, 100th career tour level win. I thought this stat was interesting. He's 197. He's pretty much a 500 player through his first five years of tour level play. That, that just about summarizes the Davidovich, Fokina experience. The highs are highs. But then the lows can be low as well. And again, you just never know what week you're going to get from him. Three-set win from him. Comes from a set-down. Good start to his week. Uh, RBA, a much-needed win as well. He had fallen outside of the top 100 for the first time in about a decade. He's 3-5 and five over Richard Gasquet. Uh, again, first round still to play. FAA, he gets the break, obviously making the semifinals last week. So Wednesday start for him. He'll take on the big-hitting Frenchman Quentin Hallease. Emil Roussevori uh, will take on... The quick and talented, grinding Frenchman, uh, Luca von Ascha. Those are a couple of fun round one matchups set up. Of course, in round two, how about this for a matchup? Grigor Dimitrov kicks off his tournament against Seppi Korda. Korda surviving 7 6 in the third against Hugo Grenier. He just is a little stiff. To start his season, hasn't played his best tennis yet. Will have to do so, obviously, against Dimitrov, who was elite and everything. Other than his somewhat surprising loss, certainly in uh, the Australian Open third round to Nuno Borges. Lachka going to take on Rinder Kanesh hatchnov Roberto Bautista Gu would be fun. Four years ago, Machach versus Musetti is really fun. And then, how about Shevchenko versus Hircots? Alexander Shevchenko is just a tough out. And Hoopy's weapons, indoor hard courts. he's the favorite, justifiably 23.6%. Oh, actually, Dimitrov, 24.3% is the favorite, but essentially co-favorites. That checks out. But that's a fun contrast in Styles and Shevchenko. Just that guy competes. I'm looking forward to that matchup. In terms of top storylines, if Hoopy's a top 10 player, top 8 player that he has looked like over the last five months He should win this event in Marseille or certainly make the final given who else is in the top half. Yeah, in Ugo Umber lingering given the lefties game style and this surface against Hercats could be some issues there, but I think Hercats, again, if Hercats is the top eight guy he looks like, he gets to the final through this. The FAA resurgence, again, indoor hardcourt's always going to be his best surface, but is Dimitrov a top eight guy like he looked like everywhere but the Australian Open? Can the Hatchinov resurgence continue? There are some real storylines to monitor in Marseille, so obviously we're going to keep our eye on this one throughout the course of the week. How could I not keep my eye in Dallas? It's an American men's tennis special, and you have got some top 25 Americans in this draw as well. Obviously, Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafoe, Ben Shelton, they're all featured players in this ATP Dallas event. Tiafo, your top seed. Tommy the two, Shelton the three. Uh, each of them interesting. First round matches for Tommy. He'll take on Taro Daniel. Daniel, three-set win over Constant Lestien. Tiafo, gonna take on the big hitting young American Alex Mickelson. Mickelson, three-set win over Tennis Sandgren. His weapons will give Tiafo some trouble. Mickelson might even take the net away from Francis Tiafo, but Tiafoe's athleticism, strength, weapons are going to give Mickelson some serious problems as well. So that's a really fun match uh, for Shelton. He gets 25-year-old American, 26 now. Excuse me, Michael Moe. Moe, a good straight set win over young American, 22-year-old Emilio Nava. Again, Michael Mo is just good. That's a really fun matchup. And, you know, across the board, again, whether it's last year's NCAA singles champion, the ninth highest ranked teenager in the world, Ethan Quinn, finalist last week at the Cleveland Challenger. He'll kick things off against former UNC All-American top 100 player, Rinky Hitchikata. You've got Former Illinois All-American Alex Kovacevic taking on former Tulane All-American Dom Kopfer in round one. Chris Eubanks, by the way, another good American, number five seed. He gets a victory uh, straight sets over Stevie Johnson. Uh, Marcos Giron, an impressive straight set victory as well. Right now, according to Tennis Abstract, Tommy Paul, 19.4% favorite. But they're really saying it's anyone's game. Shelton, 17.7%. another Dangerous player. Obviously, he's looked like a top 20 guy for the last six months. He's 14.6. Tiafo your top seed, actually. Fourth favorite, according to Tennis Abstract, of the top four seeds at 13.1. But a lot of juice in the Dallas draw. And certainly, again, always... Fascinating to watch young American Alex Mickelson as he continues to grow into his body and grow into his game. Excited to see him get a top 20 test in Francis Tiafo in their round of 16 action. That's what Dallas looks like in Cordoba. We kick off the South American clay court stretch. It features all the usual suspects, all the usual characters. Top seed Francisco Sarundalo, second seeded Sebastian Baez, uh, obviously third seeded Tomas Martin-Acheverry. They're all going to take the opportunity opportunity to get back on their preferred surface whenever possible certainly again you look at the rest of the field guys like Munar Carbayas Baena, Alberto Ramos Vinolas who's made his living off of this month Federico Coria Christian Garin who gets knocked out first round by Bernabe Zapata Morales Diego Schwartzman knocked out first round by qualifier Roman Andres Bu- Burukaga. Burukaga, the 170 in the world right now, is the 22 year old knocking out Schwartzman. A tough loss for the Argentinian to kick off a pivotal stretch as he tries to make another top 100 push. I mean, again, if you're ready for clay court action, Cordoba's the event for you. Seven seeded Yana is taking on Juan Pablo Varias as I'm recording this pod. That's a tough one for me because Hanfman's my guy, but Juan Pablo Varias is my birthday brother. Shout out, 10,695. We'll talk more about that one, I suppose, if it's as fun as I hope on tomorrow's show. You look at the tennis abstract singles forecast right now. is the favorite, 19.5%, Baez, 19%, Ofner, the third seed, 14.1%. This is a big week for Francisco Sarandalo. He has lost 10 of his last 13 lost to Marizan round 2 Australia lost first round to Auckland to Muller first round Hong Kong to RBA loses to Schwartzman in Tokyo end of last year as well It's big for the 25-year-old to right the ship. You look at points he's got to defend coming up. Quarterfinals, Cordoba last year. Quarterfinals, Buenos Aires last year. Quarterfinals, Miami last year. Sarandolo right now uh, currently sitting at 22 in the live rankings. Again, big stretch. Big 2 months, three-month stretch coming up uh, for the 25-year-old. Needs to get things going here in Cordoba. Certainly, again— I'm excited for clay court action. I'm ready for that physicality back in my life. So that's another event to keep an eye on throughout the course of this week. And obviously, I always say Sebi Baez, I think he's one of the 20, him and Atcheverry, two of the 20, if not 25 best clay court players in the world. Uh, Let's see them establish that with big months of February here as the calendar turns to their preferred surface. That said, last but not least, want to run you through the 125K and challenger events we have on the schedule, of course, for further depth on the challenger level, check out the Monday edition of the Great Shot Podcast hosted by Crack Rackets contributor and dear friend Damien Koost. On the women's side, one k event this week. It's happening in Mumbai. Top two seeds already knocked out. Top seed Kayla Day knocked out 6-4-1-6-6-4 by qualifier and world number 336, the 23-year-old Sahaja Yamalapali. Uh, you look at second seed now Hibino, she gets knocked out by the qualifier and world number five. 20, it's 22-year-old Shrivali Rashmika Bamidipadi. Um Again, all right, let's rock and roll. Not only were the top seeds knocked out, 7-seeded Kimberly Burrell knocked out by Dalma Uh You look right now, according to Tennis Abstract, as we approach the round of 16, the favorite is 16-year-old Alina Kornieva. Kornieva straight set win over Chloe Piquet in round one. If Kornieva wins this event, just for what it's worth, she would jump all the way up to number 111 in the live rankings. We'd be on the precipice also of having three 16-year-olds in the top 100. Did you listen to any of my early Australian Open coverage? I saw them all. They're all top 100 good right now. I agree with this tennis abstract singles forecast. Courtney Ava, the favorite after that storm. Sanders, 21.5%. Uh, Katie Volleynets, the number eight seed, 22.1%. All three of them, by the way, in the bottom half of the draw, uh, the favorite to emerge from the top half is Dom Let's just say, hypothetically, Volleynets were to win this event. She would be back in the top 100. Uh, so this is a big potential week, perhaps, uh, for the 22-year-old American. That's the 120. 5 k event on the women's side, on the men's side. Three challengers uh, to keep your eyes on in Nottingham. Can Kyle Edmund make his continued return. Edmund a wild card this week into the Nottingham draw. He'll kick on, take on Yoris Delore in round number one. He's a favorite according to Tennis Abstract. Still not certain about his level, but after that you've got Abdullah Shelby, former Florida Gator, the rising player from Jordan, 14.1%. Billy Harris, 12.9%. Mikhail Kukushkin, 10.4%. Good win for former NCA 2019 NCA singles champion Paul Jubb, Jubb, uh, knocking out second-seeded Antoine Escoffier to reach round number two. In Chennai, your favorite entering the round of 16, second-seeded Samit Nagal. After him is top-seed Luca Nardi, the young Italian. Ugo Blanchet, 10.3%. No one after that in double digits. But keep your eye on Dalibor uh, Svrisina, the 21-year-old. I'm just intrigued by his game. So if you're watching that, Challenger, keep your eye on him. In Bernie. How about top seed former All American, former NCAA doubles champion Adam Walton? He's 12.9% favorite. Not the overall favorite. That would belong to Tooley at 18.3%, Uchiyama 14.8%, Shimizu 13.7%, Dane Sweeney 10%. Omar Jessica, last week's champion through the round of 16 as well. He's got a tricky battle with fellow countryman Tristan Kate Tough out physically, both of those guys in the round of 16. Those are your three challengers this week. Again, it's just one of those weeks in the pro tennis world. Five tour level events, four events between the challengers, 125k's, and then national indoors in college starting on Friday. So we got a lot of content coming your way here at Cracked Rackets. Whether it's our national indoors broadcast starting Friday, not even. Pacific on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel or podcasts here on the Great Shot podcast feed Crack Interviews podcast feeds as well as always a shout out to the man behind the scenes who makes all of our content possible our super producer Daniel Westoff, who as always has a f- of an editing job to do day in day out a thank you to him a thank you as well to the support we get from our dear friends at Tennis Point tennis-point.com the promo code is CR15 final reminder again if you want to hear the national indoors pre. Reviewed, head on over to the Great Shot podcast feed, and of course, if you want to hear or learn more uh, about all of our coverage, be sure to subscribe to our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. But with all of that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westhoff, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.